and welcome to the Well Read Dames podcast. I'm Ashley. I'm Susie. I'm Alicia. And today we are talking about Legendary, the second book in the Caravel series by Stephanie Garber. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I really, really like this book specifically. Um, I technically finished the series this morning. I finished Finale, which is what we'll be talking about on our next podcast episode in a couple of weeks. Um, but I really, really like this one. Um, but before we get into it, I will say, spoiler alert, hello. If you've not read this book series, please stop now. It's not that we don't want you to hang out with us and listen to us talk about it. It's because we don't want to just ruin this book series for you. And we're really going to get into some weird shit in book two and three, so <laughs> some in-game stuff for our characters. So if you've not read the book series, please start with book one, which is just called uh, Caravel. It's the Caravel series, um, and enjoy. It's really good so far. So hi, everyone. Hi. And also next, I already said we're talking about finale next, which I just finished today, and I will not be bringing up during this podcast, although I had to find a synopsis to remind myself of where things ended, uh, because, I mean, I was nervous, I won't lie, you guys had me nervous at the end of the last time we recorded, when Susie was like, this is my favorite of the series, book one. <laughs> It's just because the, the other two are just so different. Like, book one is like, oh, it's like this magical game. And then book two is like, death is coming. And it, <laughs> I don't know, like, the stakes were just so different. I enjoyed them, but I just liked, and not that there weren't high stakes in the first one, but I mean, they technically really weren't. No one died. I mean, personally, so. probably more like, this is, you know, a, like, nothing's real this is all like half fun gets swept away and this one like yeah. one's like well it kind of might be real or yeah or real like even in the rules even in the rules they changed it right because like in the first book they were like nothing is real don't get carried away or you'll go crazy and in the second one they're like yeah this might be real but then tell us like it's not real and then they're like no <laughs> it's real she's just like I don't need to hear it. and they're like are you sure yeah. And she's like, all right. And it's like, girl, shut up. Just listen. <laughs> it's completely different. You should probably just. <laughs> Advice for Tella in general. Just listen. Yeah. Just listen, Tella, please. Listen to the things people are saying aloud to you. Um, I really loved Car Tella's character. I hated her in book one. Mm -hmm. One, she's also barely in book one, to be fair. Uh, but book one is from her sister Scarlett's point of view the entire time. And where we kind of left at the end of book one was that Scarlett had won the game. Uh, she had found her sister, Tella. Tella faked her own death. Well, te technically, technically. Oh, no, that's right. She did die. She, she did died. Die. Yeah. So the stakes, I guess, got real at the end there. Yeah. She could have not come back. That yeah. was a real possibility for her. Tella jumped off a balcony and killed herself. And then Scarlett magically wished her back to life with her one wish that she got for winning Caravelle. Um, but this whole, um, kind of ploy fooled their abusive father into thinking they were both like, well, that Tella was dead. And then he left with Scarlett's fiance and they took off and then Scarlett was free and she wished Tella back to life. And then it just kind of ended with them finally free. And what are they going to do now? 
um, Scarlett had fallen in love with Julian, who was one of the players in the game. Um, and, you know, is that relationship real? At the end, we learned it was real. And Tella was feeling a bit messed up after her experience with death. After actually dying and then coming back to life, she's a bit traumatized. Um, she's a little bit of a makeout session with Dante, one of the other players, mm-hmm. who's quite handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then we get like the sneak peek at the end of, this is all in the first book, we get the sneak peek at the end that she's been corresponding with someone that's only sending their letters as a friend about finding their mother and um, all that stuff. And I thought, I was 100% sure at the end when I read book one that a friend that she'd been corresponding with was Legend, who was the master of Caravel. And then at the end of our podcast, you guys yeah. were like, it's not Legend. Yeah. And I was That's like, my bad. <laughs> no, but I'm so glad because I was so excited because I was like, who is writing these letters? Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we didn't have to wait very long, luckily. So that's kind of where we ended book one. And we get into book two, they've decided to go with the Caravel. Scarlet and Tella have decided to continue with the Caravel to the island. Is it? Is the island called? It's Belinda. That's that's right. Thank you. To the island of Belinda. Yes, it's um in celebration of Elantine's seventy fifth birthday, and it's like that's what they're in Elantine's dinner. Uh, Day. I don't know why I was about to say that real weird. Anyway. Yeah, so she's the empress. She's kind of a big deal. And it's her 75th birthday bash. The whole little island town is doing Caravel. So Legend is doing everything new Caravel there. And like anyone can play. And Scarlet and Tella go along for the ride. And that's kind of how we start. Yeah. And it is very... It is very different uh, because the stakes are extremely different in this game. Would you guys play Caravel again? After, if you were either one, Scarlet or Tella, either character, after book one? I don't don't know. I think I might because I would assume that it wouldn't be centered around me again. Yes. I mean, I'd clearly be wrong, but. You would would assume that. Plus, depending, like, Tella never got to play. And yeah. Scarlet did, and Scarlet played alone because Tella was the center of the first one. So, like, if you're thinking it's going to be, like, two sisters just playing for fun, maybe not even trying to win, just, like, trying to experience it, like, I could see that being, like, sure, let's just see what this is about. Like, maybe not take this one so seriously because the stakes aren't so high. I, c- I could see that. Because you, you have the option of not playing. You have the option of just going and sightseeing, essentially. Isn't that what Scarlet was going to do? Because didn't she not want to play? At yeah. first she was kind of like, which I can't blame her. It's pretty no. close together. Yeah, I would get her not wanting to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would not at all. If I were Scarlet, there's no freaking way I'd want to play again. Yeah. That was a hot mess. You know, like so many, there's so much death. Like she was covered in blood. Julian died. Like there's so much trauma for her. Yeah. In the game of Caravel. <laughs> I could definitely now, not when you play from her perspective. <laughs> yeah. I would, honestly, if I was her, although I don't think, 
I'm not the same as her. So if it was Susie as her, I would be like, yeah, I'll go with you, but I want to be a player now. Like I would want to, yeah. I would want to be in it, but they don't really seem to want to do that. <laughs> well, they also haven't been offered <laughs> to be part of the a player like thing either. I mean, I feel like if she asked, they would at least let her be like the hat check girl or something, you know, oh, like yeah. something. I definitely think they would. But it's one thing I liked about it. In the sense, facts, I do like tell it. Like the first book, obviously, tell is painted not in the best of light because we don't get to actually see her for who she truly is. We see her as like, a selfish sister, and then we get to know her. But I still like loved when she would just like have these experiences that were still not the same as Scarlet, but also like, oh, this sucks. Like she accidentally gives well, she gives away like her rest to Nigel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she like sleeps for like four days, but like. She was like, I didn't know this was going to happen right away. But it's like, well, you know, Scarlett didn't realize she was going to start dying right away. And yet that's what happened to her. Like, yeah. here you are, like, randomly <laughs> staggering around in a boat. Yeah. Find your way. And, like, you thankfully were around people that are going to, like, drag you back to your room and let you sleep versus, like, Scarlett didn't know what was going to happen. She could have been assaulted by, like, a random person out there. <laughs> So I just found it kind of amusing when she would go through this stuff. I was like, yeah. And that's honestly where I thought this book was going to go. Like, they played Caravel. Ta-da. You know, Scarlet won. I thought that it was going to be like, now you can join Caravel. You can be a player. I didn't at all think, going into book two prior to starting it, that there was going to be, like, the even the option to play again. <laughs> but... I guess it had already kind of been set up with Dante's fake character story that he had won Caravel the year before or whatever the last time and he was trying to he was trying to play again or something. So I guess it was already set up that you could play more than once. Um, but I really thought that it was going to be like, especially when you both were like, oh, it's so different. I was like, okay, they're going to be players in Caravel and maybe they still won't know what's real because they only know the part that they play. And, you know, who knows? I mean, I guess at that point we would have had to probably have new characters that were actually playing the game. But no. No, Tella is the center of this game going forward. Um, and I know we're not going to talk about the last book. No. But, but, but I will say this, and I guess if you're listening to this and haven't, uh, minor, minor spoiler, but they had to have planned all of this in advance of planning the first one, given, like, this was all planned. So I get that, I'm not an author, so I get these were written at different times and maybe the story came organically. There is a part of me that wish they talked about the fates, fates, is that what they're called? Yeah. A little bit more in the first one to help set this up, because I feel like they didn't really bring them up at all in the first book, did they? No. So that's my only qualm that I think that's what jars me with the difference between these, the first book and the second too. It's like, do, do, do. And then the fates come out of nowhere, which again, I like them, but I, I just, part of me is like, well, can you have planted a little bit of seeds in the first one? But even if like in the first one, there had been people dressed as fates that were, yeah. And, you know, like, I'm playing a fate, blah, blah, blah. And everyone knows the fates aren't real. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's a good point, Susie. So to start the fates, we start our beginning of book two with a flashback to Tella's childhood Mm -hmm. where she's playing in her mom's room 
which I think we all probably did a version of similar things, you know, getting into jewelry and makeup and stuff we're not supposed to do as like little kids. Um, but she found in like the jewelry box, uh, like a card of like basically tarot cards, but they're called the deck of destiny. Um, and they were magical, like magical cards, like actually spelled kind of hidden to look like a gross pile of crap, essentially. Um, and so, what'd you say? A moldy purse, like. Yeah, so gross. So the, the magic kind of was wearing off on them. So they were kind of shifting between looking like a moldy purse and then like the deck of destiny cards. So like childhood Tella grabs them and was the first card that she pulled the Prince of Hearts? Yes. Okay. So she pulls the Prince of Hearts card um, and then she pulled... Maiden Death. Yeah, the Maiden Death. And then she pulled the Oracle. Yeah. Yeah. And so having no idea what she's doing. And her mom comes in, freaks out, takes them away, makes Tella promise to never play with these cards again, um, and puts them away. Basically says, these cards, you know, have, people think these cards can predict the future, but this deck of cards kind of has the ability to make the future they predict come true, to that extent. And that's kind of where we started. And that's our introduction to the fates. Uh, so <laughs> the fates are what is represented, at least we think at first, represented on these cards. Like the Prince of Hearts is a fate, the Maiden Death is a fate, and all the fates, there's 16 fates, they each have their own powers. And uh, people used to, they used to be like gods. People used to pray to them and worship them. And some of the faiths still are worshiped, um, etc. So we kind of immediately get this, you're right, almost like not religion, but almost like arcana, like religion background introduced mm -hmm. that we didn't get any of in book one. Like there was just, and to be fair, Tella says that they weren't really religious on her little island. You know, her dad was not a religious person. They used the um, the temple that was there just to pass messages. Like, that's, that's what they used it for. Um, so, but it would have been nice if the fates had kind of been a reference. They could have even referenced, like, when she was going to the temple. Because I mentioned a couple parts where they're going to it. Like, oh, here on whatever the place is called. You know, we don't worship the, you know, the fates, the old fates that some places do. And, you know, they could have had even just some small, just reference that you're like, oh, the old fates, whatever that is. And you're like, oh, the fates, you know, at least it would have been yeah. like connected. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no fates in book one. A lot of fates in books two and threes. Um, <laughs> Lots of fates. Um, so Alicia kind of covered a little bit on their journey to Valinda by boat. Um, Tella's trying to find out more information. We kind of ass assess that she's promised whoever she's been writing these letters that, that she will provide Legend's true name, like Legend's name. She'll provide that to whoever she's corresponding with. They want his name. Um, and if she gives them that information, they will tell her where her mother is. And uh, what I didn't cover was when she gave the Deck of Destiny back to her mom as a little girl, she held on to the Oracle card and she kept that one. So she's had it the whole time. And she's thinking the Oracle is showing her the future, essentially. And so when she looks, and I really love this because we didn't get this at all in book one. When she'd been looking at 
like when she found out that Scarlett was engaged to the Count, when she looked at the card, she saw her sister like crying and upset. And that's why she started this whole crazy plan to make them escape. And that's why she was so adamantly opposed to her sister marrying the Count is because the Aragorn had showed her that her sister would have a bad future if she married the Count. Um, but if she didn't marry the Count and they played the game, then she saw her sister and herself reunited with their mother. And that's what, she, so she's been trying to like predict the future with this card, essentially. And she's been making so many decisions in her entire life since childhood uh, based off of this. Because very shortly after she found the cards, her mom left. Um, that's relevant. I always think it's very interesting, like, knowing this now about her that she never ever ever told Scarlett about this you know what I mean like, I feel like Scarlett is the protector but I don't I never think that like I don't think she would have ever been like oh my god tell it give me that card like, I think oh. she would have been like oh, she okay, like this isn't it's not your fault the mom left because you held on to this card you know what I mean or like that you did this like you were a kid you know what I mean I don't think she would have done anything like that but I just find it interesting that she just like locked this secret away and never told anyone else who's like been harboring all this like you know guilt and everything this whole time like they're so close so it's just it's interesting to me that she kept that one so like closely guarded you know what I mean I do think she would have told Tella that it wasn't her fault that because Tella thinks her mom left because she pulled the maiden death yeah mm -hmm. so she thinks that because she pulled that card that her mom left yeah. So I think that Scarlett would have been able to correct that logic that, you know, mom didn't leave because you pulled a card out of a deck. Yeah. Um, she also thinks that she will never fall in love because she pulled the Prince of Hearts. Mm -hmm. So she thinks she's fated to never find love, which explains a lot of her actions with boys, you know, that Absolutely. she can't fall in love with them because she pulled the Prince of Hearts. So like a lot of her, like adult processing young adult processing she's running off of. It's based on like little kid logic, essentially, of what she interpreted these cards to mean when she was like a little girl, uh, when she pulled them. So I think Scarlet could have helped her with that, but I do think she would have taken the Oracle card away from her, 100%. I think she would have taken it away because it's scary and you shouldn't be messing with it and this is not being good. And that Scarlet's like, Scarlet's so afraid of everything. I definitely think she would have confiscated the Oracle card. Do I think she would have, like, given it to her father? No, not at all, because they would get punished. But I think she would, like, throw it away, destroy it, give it to someone else. Um, so I, I understand why Stella wouldn't have told her that she at least still had the card. <laughs> yeah. Let alone, I'm basing our future decisions in our adult lives off of a card I pulled from a deck of destiny. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And this is no reflection at all to anyone that believes in tarot and oh, tarot cards no. or just tarot readings. It's completely different. Um, this character making some decisions based off of yes. the assumption, like, for instance, that, like, she's never going to love. And then she's, like, never allowing herself to love. So then, <laughs> then she's, she's creating her own, you know, fate <laughs> by, like, avoiding it. The self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the word I was going for. <laughs> So yeah, so I thought that was that was really interesting. So because she's just reinforcing her own belief mm -hmm. um, by not falling in love by choice because she pulled the Prince of Hearts. Anyway, so <laughs> so she's trying to get information on. I don't remember why she what information Nigel was supposed to give her. She was trying to. She asked. I think um, she asked somebody like what Legend's true name was, and. It, they were like, 
can't tell you that. You know what I mean? And I think they alluded that Nigel was probably the only ones that would give her answers to the questions she thought, but not the actual name itself. And right. So that's why she went to see. I think Julian might have been the one that initially like led her that way, but it was also like, be careful because like you might take more than what's worth, you know, kind of thing. Um, so that's what led her to Nigel. Right, and I think Nigel told her that if she won care of Elle, she could learn the truth of Legend's name. She would also meet Legend in person. He'd be the first person she would see after she won, is what he said. I believe that was on the second clue, actually, mm. that she finds behind her mom's poster. Follow he your heart. He said it too, but it, yeah, it did kind of leave that. It doesn't matter. Either way, she's just trying to get his name right now. And because she doesn't know, she doesn't know who Legend is. I mean, anyone could be Legend. I really like the idea that like, Aiko was Legend or like Joven was Legend. Uh, just like a minor character was actually Legend because Legend likes to play. Yeah. And also be quiet and secret. So, you know, is Julian Legend? We still haven't ruled that out completely. You know? <laughs> Is Dante legend? Maybe. Is, you know, anyone legend? Could this person? Also, she sees the, the, the count from the game. She sees him with Julian. Tella sees him with Julian. And she freaks out because she's going to go fight him or kill him. I don't know exactly what her plan is, but she's really mad that she sees him. And Julian, like, calms her down and is like, he's not really the count. His name's Armando. <laughs> he's one of the players in Caravel, and he was only playing at the count. So then, Tella didn't even know that at all. So, realization that Scarlet never actually met her fiance. Scarlet never really met the count at all. Um, she met an actor playing the count who was portraying him to be a jerk. That was it. So, like, so much of this of don't get swept away, like, it's just a game, you know. Not so much game. <laughs> so Armando could be legend. Like Nigel, could be, like, anyone could be legend. So we don't know. Um, and to, I can't imagine how frustrating and confusing that would be all the time. I also uh, like that of the players, like only a, a select few actually know who legend really is. The rest of them don't because he moves it around so much. I like that mystery. And like, they're all like, spell that no one can actually reveal him or say him but like it's just so smart like if you're gonna be that high profile like people are gonna try to kill you but like to have like just a very small amount of people in your large group that actually know the true answer and you constantly rotate it so even your own people are constantly like unsure who their actual like boss is <laughs> like that's pretty interesting and smart but yeah yeah so it's good stuff and I think that we already knew if from book one, if not already, um, that Julian is Legend's brother. We still don't know who Legend is, but we know, we think we know that Julian is his brother, mm -hmm. um, younger brother. So that's kind of what they, Scarlet knows that, Tella doesn't know that. So anyway, she goes to Nigel, Tella goes to Nigel, he tells her essentially, you gotta win Caravelle if you wanna get this information for the guy that you've been trading information with to find out where your mom is who you're about to go meet on the same island, magically, <laughs> um, that the next caravel is going to. So, Tilla has a new mission, and that mission is win caravel, save mom, right? 
And Scarlet knows nothing of this plan because Scarlet cannot give a damn less about their mother. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of how we start. So yeah, Tella takes a long nap uh, for four days of travel, which honestly, that sucks, but also I could use a nap, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but she wakes up essentially when they're getting there, and Nigel, I'm sure, is quite rested. And then we don't really ever see him again. <laughs> We don't. He's just going. We do stay um, in the cage, but yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and then they're at the new place. Uh, Tella wakes up, I think, late because of this. Like, she's so wiped out. Everyone's already left. And she's, like, running on the docks uh, to try and get into... The sky carriages, I thought, were interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand how those work still. I didn't re- go back to reread it. I was like, oh, okay. It sounded uh, like they were on, like, a suspension kind of bridge. Like, they it, didn't actually fly. They looked like they flew. Yeah. Like, kind of like a monorail, where they kind of, like, hung from it with a ski lift. But, like, you were in... That's kind of how I envisioned it, but, like, pretty. Um, and safer, I like to think, maybe. We don't know. Probably not. <laughs> 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 uh, so she hops in a carriage uh, with some guy. And he's quite a dick. He's very handsome. And he's an asshole. And he's eating an apple. And I think he drops it on her. He's just very weird. Um, and she, she has some, like, words with him. And that's basically, I think they threaten to throw one another out of the carriage. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they don't. And then they get there. Um, and then when she shows up, once again, everyone is gone. And there are no rooms for Tella at the end. Well, I thought it was interesting that, like, they were all rushing to catch the carriages, and, like, she was with Julian and Scarlett, and then that guy was like, miss, I've got a, I need you, and she was like, no, and she was like, I've got a letter, and she could see it was from her friend, so she, like, was like, I'll catch you later, why didn't you just say, like, give me one second, or something, like, I lost my shoe, just some bullshit excuse, because, like, the dude, like, scurried away as soon as he handed it to her, she could have just, like, pocketed it, and, you know, been in the carriage with them. Like, why didn't she do that? Like, why did she immediately separate herself again? I'm not sure. Because then we wouldn't have met Jax, Alicia. She wouldn't have met that handsome stranger who was an asshole. You're right. You gotta meet the jerk. Point is, Kellen makes bad choices sometimes. (laughs) For sure. But so does Scarlett. They both do. I like Tella owns it more. Oh my god. Book three. I was yelling at Scarlett, you guys. We will get to it in the next podcast. But this is me. Don't do that. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. This is Scarlet. I shouldn't be doing this. This is a probably a bad idea. I don't, I'm regretting this decision. And then I'm like, that goes to shit. So yeah, Scarlet also makes bad choices. <laughs> yeah, they both you have, to, you have to make bad choices if you're a book character. You do. Uh, in order to move the plot forward sometimes. Make all the good choices, it's boring. <laughs> Um, so when Tella gets to the palace where they're supposed to stay, or the inn, or whatever it is, um, where all the players are staying for Caravel, uh, the check-in staff is rude to her, essentially, and tells her that there's no rooms, and that she is out of luck. Um, she's not on the list, but yeah. She's not on the list, so you can't get a room. Uh, so then Dante saunters up behind, and is like, laughing at her predicament oh earlier before Dante overheard Tella tell Scarlet that he was a bad kisser this is important information because Scarlet never kiss him again right 
because Scarlet was mad because obviously in book one, Scarlet got her feelings hurt by Dante and he made fun of her at one point and they were not friends. <laughs> um, and so Scarlet does not like him. So when she discovered that her sister had tumbled with him in the grass, uh, she was very mad at her sister slash disappointed. And so to kind of like make up for it, Tella was like, he wasn't even a good kisser and I wouldn't kiss him again, blah, blah, blah. Well, Dante overheard that little tidbit of information because he said, and I quote, you were very loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so to try and humiliate her and get back at her for his hurt feelings, he tells the lady that she, Tella, is actually the heir's secret fiance. So we have the empress and then we have the heir. And the heir is also going to be there for the holiday. And so Dante just low-key lies and says that Tella is, surprise, the heir's secret fiance. And if she doesn't give her a place to stay, you know, the heir's not known for his kindness. So that could be bad for her. <laughs> yep. We also later find out that Dante was the one that removed her name from the list in the first place. <laughs> to spite her. Which, in his defense, I mean, that was so fucked up. But he two times before she made that comment, he helped her. He, like, gave her the luckless coin that she dropped. Mm -mm. And he was bringing her her slippers that she also left in the woods when he overheard her say this mean, out-of-nowhere comment about him. And then he still delivered the shoes. <laughs> but, yeah, like, we know he's got a side to him. So, like, he didn't ask for any of this, you know, beforehand. That was kind of she was trying to cover. And it turned out Scarlet was even like, I don't care that you kissed him. I probably would have too. Like, he's hot. Then she was also like, low-key, like, I'm a little worried because, like, he doesn't seem like a guy wants you to get your heart broken over, you know? So. Scarlet would not have kissed him. Mm -mm, she's lying. I think she would have. She is not. Oh, how long did it take her to kiss him? hadn't entered the picture. Like, he hadn't stayed. And that was, as was listening to that, I think she would have, maybe. It was, you know. She would meant to be the love interest for her, so. I don't think so. He's too full of himself. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Suze, Suze, what was your what was your thought on this? Because this is the first time in this book where I was like, oh. Yeah. I, I hate it. I hate this part. <laughs> well, I mean, like, in the moment, I was like, eh. but especially as the book goes on and he's so mad that she's leaning into the whole, oh, yeah, I'm the heir's fiance. And it's like, why are you mad at her? You're the one that did it to her. Oh, absolutely. She's it's so stupid. Especially if he knew, like, how vicious. I mean, obviously, he didn't know that it was who it was. But he has a bad reputation. And, like, he possibly murdered his last fiance. Yeah. And then he's, like, mad. So, like, he, the dress thing. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. No, I, I definitely agree that it was like, you don't get to be mad at her that you put her in the situation and now she's playing the hand that you dealt her <laughs> because like, what else is she supposed to do? You didn't own up in that moment like you could have instead and said, oh, I'm the head of this blah, blah, blah. Um, she's supposed yeah, to be on this list. You know what I mean? Like here, like he could have definitely fixed it before he threw her under the bus. 
Yeah. So the other thing is, again, at this point, look, everyone who has read this book knows he's legend. Everyone knows at this point. Dante's legend. Yeah, Dante's legend. I'm sorry. Everyone knows. You've read the book. You so, more spoiler warning. This is on you. <laughs> spoiler. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just like, you're this magical, like possibly a hundred year old person, like at least, I don't, we don't know how old he is. He's old. Um, and then he has like such little kid stupid moments and like, but he doesn't atone for them. And like, I don't know. I still, even though, yeah, we like Dante and then he's magically legend. And so I still never forgave him for what he did to Scarlet in the first book. Like I still think everything they did in the first book wasn't really redeemable. And I just have a really hard time with legend. Uh, be, I don't know. He just makes stupid, petty shit. And then, in his intelligence, he's still a man that is immature. And yeah, like he never And lets something as trivial as a girl say, he's not even a good kisser. <laughs> I would never yeah. kiss him again. Get under his skin and, for a little revenge, like, sabotage. I mean, he's possibly also doing it because he knows he's, falling for her and that kind of stuff too but I get what you're saying Susie about his character mm -hmm. I understand and yeah I don't think Scarlet specifically should be his friend you know? <laughs> um, I think that he likes to I mean I think in a way it's like I get that his character is like he's like he likes to play games like that's the whole thing he's like the master of caramel and he views people as like little pawns to move around for his own entertainment not necessarily their own and that's why it gets so strange that caramel is so cool <laughs> yeah. come get tortured by a sociopath have fun he's immortal <laughs> um but yeah i mean i i get what you're saying i i did think it was funny that like not necessarily the situation he puts Donatella in because that was not funny, but I she does play into it. But does she have to play into it so much? You know, like when she gets to her room the next day or whatever, she's this gown delivered for the beginning of Caravel, and it's delivered by the air. And he's like, "I can't wait to meet you." Obviously, one we know the air is unstable. We know he's dangerous. We know he's killed one to several fiancés. He has a history of murder. They also say that he murdered everyone that was aligned to the throne before him to become the heir. So regardless of who the heir is, we know very dangerous and violent, right? Like those are the continuing themes for the heir. We have no idea who he is. And, <laughs> and then he delivers this dress, which if anything is a threat. This dress is like a threat and a challenge. Um, it's like, I can't wait to meet you, hmm, you know? <laughs> so what does Tella do? She's like, well, I don't have any other clothes, so I'll wear this dress. <laughs> she could have, bitch, you could have found other clothes, okay? If anyone is capable of finding other clothes before the party tonight, Tella is that person, you know? She could find other clothes, but she doesn't. She chooses to wear the dress because it's pretty. Oh. Couldn't she just have gone to a different party? Wasn't there like a bunch of different parties? There was, but she was supposed to meet her friend oh, at yeah, that yeah. place, okay. Itawall Castle, where the ball was. That's true. And she was supposed to meet Scarlet in the garden beforehand. 
And I know Scarlett got her a letter saying, like, I want to spend the day with Julian beforehand. But, like, you know what? I think if you showed up on Scarlett's doorstep, I was like, yo, I know you want to spend the day with him, but I don't have a dress. I'm in this really weird situation. Yeah. And I don't want to wear this dress because it's going to get me in trouble. Also, I didn't even... Wear your dresses. Because also, where the hell is my trunk? Be <laughs> <laughs> gone. Like, okay. I, didn't even, I didn't even think she was going to actually stay in the room. Really. She was just trying to get into... Mm-hmm. the palace. I for sure thought her plan would be like, find Scarlet, stay with Scarlet. Not, yeah. not identify oneself as the heir's fiance. Like, that was just a lie to get me in the door. I'm not going to go then identify myself as that and make myself a target of a sociopath. Whatever, I digress. <laughs> so she wears the dress. I'm telling you, I was like screaming. I was like, what are you doing? And then Dante finds her and he's like, that's some damn dress. And she's like, the air gave it to me. And he's like, are you stupid? <laughs> and you're wearing it, you know? And he's like trying to drag her away from the party because he doesn't want her to identify herself to the air and become like a, like a threat. You know, he's like, he could kill you for this. You know, you're not really his fiance. Like, <laughs> this is real dumb and he's like I shouldn't have done this he's already regretting it and he's like I'm sorry let's let's go and she's like no <laughs> I'm going and she like storms in um and yeah to Alicia's point she does have to find the person that she's been writing to in order to tell them I don't have the thing I promised you I'd have by now I need more time I need to win Caravel, etc so she does have to get into this party, but she goes in the dress. Um, and then as Dante is trying to remove her again, um, someone's like, oh, what a dress or whatever. And he's like, I believe you're my fiance. Boom. It's the heir. And then I'm just going to skip it. Boom. The heir is the Prince of Hearts. <laughs> Jack's the Prince of Hearts. Yep. The heir is also the friend. <laughs> Yes. She's been writing to this entire time. And the jerk from the carriage. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> this one person is so many people all at one time. <laughs> he's the heir. He's the prince of hearts. He is the f- friend in the letter. And he's the jerk from the carriage with the apple. Yup. He's quite a guy. <laughs> and, um... She realizes he's the Prince of Hearts as, you know, she's leaning into the whole thing as well, playing into it. And I think he even says, like, you know, if if you hadn't been playing into this or whatever, I would I would have already killed you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially, if you were a threat to me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he reveals that he is the friend that she's been writing, that he will allow her to, to play uh, Caravel to, you know, extend her term, but then he changes the terms. And he's like, instead of giving me the name, I want Legend the person. I want you to deliver Legend to me. Um, And what is there, there's one other part of the term? Oh, she also has to continue the charade that- um, Oh, that they're engaged. Because this has now become like, spread like wildfire like throughout the palace so everyone knows about his now alleged fiance and he says if like this were to come to light like he would get killed like like someone out there would you know think he's like an imposter or something and like kill him over it so like now he's like you need to be convincing so everyone believes me to be like you're like 
in fact, fiance and all this stuff. And then afterwards we'll reveal, just kidding. This was all part of the game. Ha 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 kind of situation. Yeah, like that's his, that's the, the heir's plan is once Caravelle is over, they can just announce that the fiance engagement part was just part of the game. Yep. And no one will think twice about it. Yep, and then um, go their separate ways. Yeah, and go their separate ways. So he also notices Dante just like staring him down from across the room with like smoldering glances as he flirts and dances with Tella. Mm -hmm. um, so he takes it upon himself to tell Tella that they, they should probably make out um, because, you know, everyone's watching them. They need to be convincing that they're really engaged. So why not an over-the-top uh, public display of affection to seal the deal? And, you know, make that little guy over there pretty jealous in the process. Um, and he's also like, if that guy doesn't think we're really engaged, I'll kill him. Like, <laughs> full stop. You know, if he's going to reveal that we're not really engaged as part of the deal, I'll just kill him. You know? So Tella's like, okay, cool, super threatening hot guy. I'll make out with you. Um, and she's mad at Dante anyway because he put her in this situation. So they do. And then, like, it's really good. It's, like, a really good makeout session. So good that she realizes that he's the Prince of Hearts. And how does she know that? Dying for. Because <laughs> the Prince of Hearts kisses are worth dying for. And, in fact, anyone that kisses the Prince of Hearts dies. Mm -hmm. Except for his one true love, who will not only not die, but will make his cold, dead heart beat again. Yep. And she's really freaked out because... Not only does this mean that she's probably going to die because she kissed him, but also that he's a fate and that fates are real. This is her first introduction to fates being real people. <laughs> yeah, not great. <laughs> um, and so she's no longer having a great time at the party, I guess. <laughs> no, I would say no. Probably not having the best of times. So we can kind of like skip forward. I'm trying to think of what kind of happens next. A lot of stuff happens in this book and we don't need to go over all its detail because we'll be here for five hours. Um, <laughs> but okay, so this is kind of the beginning though of what is a very obvious two book love triangle, I will say. Yeah. Because we have Tella and the Prince of Hearts and then we have Tella and Legend. And normally, as these books go along, I hate love triangles. I just don't like them. Like, I just, there's always one obvious pick. And then there's always the distraction is what I feel. That's how I feel about love triangles. Um, like, it's always, like, Team Edward, and then there's, like, Jacob. Yeah? <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is a book about vampires, so. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Probably not a hard choice. So that's kind of how I feel about most love triangle things although the hunger games one didn't always make sense to me um yeah but um what did you guys think who were you preferring tella with legend or jacks i and we won't say who she ends up with no because we don't um we're not saying she ends up with either of them um until book three we got to get there but book two is kind of where the beginning of the love triangle goes on. Well, I will say 
I, there were parts I, I was kind of rooting for both of them at different parts. Like it definitely was like an up and down roller coaster where you kind of were siding with one versus the other because of the way it was kind of shifting. Yeah. I definitely myself prefer men with dark hair and tattoos. So like, yeah. you know, Legend was like, ooh, you know what I mean? Whereas like Jax is blonde with blue eyes, which is also handsome. Um, but like there's that cruel factor too. And I was like, ooh, you know, so but we didn't really cover this, or we did, like, when he kissed her, you know, he basically, since he's, like, the kiss of death, yeah. gave her, like, to the end of the week, and if she fulfilled her bargain, she, he would, like, remove, like, she would, like, not die, mm-hmm. but if not, he would let her die. Um, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit, but we find out later that she is his one true love, Boop. which is, like, his like soulmate kind of person or whatever his person and so then it's like part of me was kind of like rooting for him there because I'm just like whoa like what is this like this is what you wait for right like how many women has he kissed and killed and he's finally like that person so like there were times that I was like man I just really want this to work out for Jack <laughs> you know like this is fate so I I bounced around a lot but ultimately the dark hair and the tattoos is more of my jam so what about you Suze? I never thought she should be with Jax. It wasn't a healthy relationship. Really? The passion. That was. I mean, it it was fun. Like, I enjoyed the parts where they were together, but it's like, yeah, this isn't... No. Yeah. (laughs) He's a murderous bad guy. Right, yeah, that's true. Like, really... (laughs) He's very flawed. ...bad murder. And then... Uh, <clears throat> the the end. I'm, I'm not gonna say it, but what he does at the end clinches it for me. At the end of the series, is like, yeah, no, he's not, no, yeah, no, that he was to be alone. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but in book two, I was kind of going up and down. I wanted to see how it went, kind of thing for sure, but yeah, and, and I was, also I like a redemption arc in general. So like, yes, he's painted as this horrible person. And at one point, he's even like, she's like, you're a monster. And he's like, have you seen me kill anybody here yet this time? And so it's kind of like, this okay, time. Kind of like, I mean, maybe, maybe he's changed. <laughs> I, I, I like, like, it's ridiculous it is, but you're kind of like, you know, maybe he's you know, been trapped in a car for like however long. Did him some reflection. Time out. Time out for you, Jack. so it's just kind of one of those it's just like devil's advocate you're just like kind of playing that like is he really as bad as he's painted (laughs) maybe (laughs) he's definitely not good though I will say it would be a romantic relationship for sure and probably not a healthy one as such for some people that's their relationships so I would say like Susie I want your thoughts on this on what on what we're talking about right now uh, I'm sorry, my brain just glitched out because I'm tired. Um, I'm trying <laughs> I, to remember exactly I, what we were talking about. So, like, when book two, like, in this book, I feel like the Jack storyline, I probably shouldn't have started this conversation, but I do not regret it, and I'm sorry, dear listener, if you've never read book three, but please do. This should want, make you want to read book three. Are we going into book three content? No, we're not. But okay. I'll just say, this love triangle is what bridged these two books for me in a big way. Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah. I needed yeah. to know. I needed to know if it was who it was or if it was none of them. Yep. Because if, if she'd walked away from from them at the end, I would have been 
just as happy as her being with one of them at the end, right? I'll just say that. Um, because I like Tella's character, and I feel like she is, like, the strong, independent, although she is also stubborn and makes bad choices, I, I quite like her, but, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't know, but Jackson always felt like you're, you're right, Alicia, like, there's something potentially faded about their relationship that she says one true love, but what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Um, does it mean anything? Like, is it just a fluke? Who knows? But his time with her always felt like almost more magical, like real magic, opposed to our time with Dante slash legend. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dante slash legend, especially in book two, really, really, really cared about Tella keeping her safe after, of course, endangering her at the beginning just to get mm-hmm. back at her for petty revenge. Yeah. The rest of the book he spends, you know, trying to get her out of the predicament that she's in. Yeah. And she would have been in a portion of this predicament on her own because she still would have owed him le- owed Jack's legend's name um, and his true identity and she still would have had to play Caravel. Mm-hmm. So regardless of this whole other aspect of her being the heir's fiance, which is just complicating matters, like she was already in hot water that no one knew about because she hadn't told anyone about her correspondence with this friend of hers um, who ended up being a fate. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know. So in book two, at least, I was definitely team Dante slash legend um, the whole time. Uh, but whenever whenever Jax would show up, I wasn't sad about it. I was like, okay, what's this? I think that's exactly what it was for me, too. Because it was like the moments that they had, they had some moments that like there was kind of like a sweetness to it. And so I was curious about what more would happen. Because it wasn't like long periods necessarily together. But she had more time with Dante. You know what I mean? And I liked Dante trying to fix things and, like, you know, trying to make things better and keep her safe, like, genuinely. But still, like, when they were together, Brooklyn, I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I liked her and Jax's relationship because it was, like you said, interesting and it was, I, I enjoyed it. But not once did I ever think they should be together. Because he's, yeah. what? That they should be, like, the in-game relationship. Yeah, Yeah. no, not once. Because, um, honestly, I don't know that her and Legend should be either. But <laughs> maybe more so than, than Jax. But and I'm saying what happens in book three. So if you're no, like, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, start. I don't think she should really end up with anybody. But They're both very <laughs> the same. Yeah. Like, 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 neither is, like, a good option when you really look at the full yeah. immortality but, kind of thing. They're both very complicated. <laughs> I think she also fully does love Dante, so I'd be okay with that too. But anyway, um, one of the things I I struggle with in books that have like the darker love interest characters yeah. is when it's like they do good things, but only towards the one person they love, and they're still just terrible people to everybody else. Right. That's a marker to me that they're still just not a good person, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're never, ever going to be a good person, and what's going to happen if that person they love does something wrong, and boom, they're like, you know, oh, yeah. abusive and whatever, so that's, I think that's where it stems from, is like, I always have the litmus test of, are they nice to other people, mm-hmm. or just the object of their desire, and if so, then no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're straight up right about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I will say, you know, both characters have a lot of redeeming to do, mm-hmm. I would say, in the books. 
Yes, for sure. Either one. Because, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Obviously, we've seen Legend. Like, the problem with Dante slash Legend in, book, in this book specifically is the entire time you're, that you're reading it, you, along with Tella, are questioning all of his motives. Does he care or is this the game? Does he care or is this the game? You know? Does he care about you? Like, he's very romantic. They're kissing at several points in this whole thing. And her feelings are very real. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's like, okay, do you care about me back? Or are you just playing me as part of the game? Does legend have you playing this part to romanticize slash woo me? And then once we're done, you walk away because you were just acting the whole time. In addition to that, I also think something that's interesting about Tella is because, like, about this whole thing, too, is, like, she's had similarities to both Dante and Jax. Like, at one point, Dante had made a comment, like, I don't, um, like, what is it, like, one of the girl that wears the same dress or something like that. He alludes to that. And she's like, well, I have the same feeling towards men. Like I don't kiss the same man twice. Like they both have very similar kind of like little personality or little like glitches. And even with like Jax, there's moments where like, he's like, I might throw you out of the window. She's like, I might throw you out of the window. Like they're both just like fiery in similar ways. And so I think that's kind of part of it too. Is you're like seeing it and you're like, okay, in a real weird way, like she could work with either one of them. Maybe they wouldn't be the healthiest relationships, but there's just enough like, way that her personality works that it's like it works with both but um and yeah. scarlet is nowhere to be found during all of us yeah. i get waiting in book two for scarlet to come out of somewhere and be like hey i mean she does have a moment after you know the game begins where she corners tella and is like what is going on with you in the air who she doesn't know is the Prince of Hearts. She just knows he's the heir to the Emperor Empire. And she's like, what the hell? <laughs> when did this happen? Um, and Tella has to lie to her because she doesn't want her to not know the engagement's real because it's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, we were corresponding the whole time. We've been corresponding for over a year together, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and she's like, kind of, that's not a lie because <laughs> you know? she's been corresponding about trying to find their mom um but, doesn't really fit well with scarlet though because she's like fuck you i've been corresponding for a year to my fiance and you weren't here for it now you've got this secret correspondence like stop lying to me like i kind of feel like she kind of like didn't believe it because she's just like mm, not cute also i just found out that my fiance i never actually met so yeah. scarlet runs into our yeah, I think Armando intentionally sought her out. Yeah. Which, I mean, it was so stupid they didn't tell her. It was gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. They're traveling together. Yeah. It's gonna happen. Like, I felt like, um, yeah. Tella never should have agreed to, like, not let, um, her know about it. Well. But also, I think it should have been, like, a, okay, on this boat since he's not here, but like this needs to get brought up at some point like she needs to know like before we arrive there because he's gonna be there kind of situation you know what i mean i feel like it should have been like you need to tell her soon like before we arrive because like she knows that she's scarlet's gonna see him like what are you doing like you need to at least break the you want to give it a day or two okay but like you need to find a way to tell her the truth so i felt like that was poor on tella for not pushing that a little further yeah i think he was selfish 
for sure. But I think he, deep down he was just worried that like if he immediately said, by the way, this was happened, like she wouldn't give him a chance. I think he, I kind of read it like on one side, he wanted to like get her to see him for who he was just a little longer before that kind of broke. But then like, that's when you would have had like maybe one day and then you're like, all right, I need to talk to you about something that you may not have realized yet. <laughs> and I don't want you to be mad at me, but also this was part of the game. So now, you know, but I still really like you. Can you give me a chance, you know, and then like deal with that situation like that? Yeah. Anyway, I digress. There's no good way to have that conversation. There's no good way. Yeah. So either way, poor Scarlett. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's, and I think, I think it's when in book two that she decides that she's interested in her fiance to, like knowing who he's really as is that book two um at the end of book two when or towards the end of book two her and julian they kind of had some separation i don't know if you want to say broke up completely but like they weren't talking for a little bit and then scarlet agrees to see him and also wants to get to know her fiance and then plans to weigh her options after she feels she, which is fair to actually get to meet the person you were engaged to and see if there's actually ever anything real there. Like, I could, I get that. You know what I mean? Like, so that's where it ends. She doesn't actually meet him in book two. Yeah, I know she doesn't meet him, but I, yeah. I, I, say, I think book two is when she decides that she wants to actually meet him or at least mm -hmm. talk to him because he was not Armando. He did not try and do any of the horrible things that Armando pretended to do as her fiance, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, so like a lot's going on. So during all of this, all of this drama, all of this romantic confusion, all this stuff going on, additionally, Portel is trying to play this game. And she's, you know, she's going to places, she's looking for clues. Um, she ends up, I'm just gonna skip to the wanted, wanted poster, I guess, part. Dante's following her around um, like a lost puppy the whole time. And the heir is sending her more gowns and gifts and things of that nature. Um, he sends her to a cool dressmaker's place uh, to get a costume, which nothing really comes of that, uh, for the Ellentine's Day festivals or festivities. Um, and Dante meets her there beforehand. And Can I say one thing? Yes. So just real quick, I know, we know at this point, like the whole theme of the game is the fates but it's supposed to be like fake and fun and all that stuff and then the gowns that they're choosing are all fates because it's supposed to be like a fake masquerade ball and she's <laughs> she chooses the lost air right which isn't even a fate it's just a. I i mean there's a lost air like queen Valentine's kid is lost mm -hmm. and she's like that'll show them and then nothing happened right like i don't even think I don't even know if she wears it. Like, I don't even know. It was supposed to be like this big rebellious thing. Like, I'm going to go with the lost air. And then it was like, okay. Uh -uh. Yeah. And that shop maker was like, don't do it. You're, you yeah. don't know who you're messing with. And then like it breaks, like it, it falls and it breaks and it creates a shattered crown or whatever, which means like an impossible choice between two things, which is like her entire theme of this book. That's right. Yeah. I totally forgot about that part. But it really yeah. still, it still was really nothing. Like I, she ended up not wearing it though, right? Yeah, she didn't wear her costume, 
and we already knew she had to make an impossible choice between two things. (laughs) It was almost like just a way to bring up this potential like lost air situation. Like someone was trying to sabotage it there. I don't think we even learned whoever like in the dress shop did that. You know what I mean? Like planted that. Oh no, we don't know. Yeah, they're just like, oh, that's not supposed to be there. Yeah, but, but then that moment of her choosing just shows her recklessness, where she's just like, although care that it's gonna make him. Do mad. you do you think? Are we supposed to think it's Dante? Because Dante shows up, right? Yeah, he's there. Dante like waiting. He yeah. upped her out, like, her meeting time, like, an hour early so that he can meet her in secret because of Jax. Okay. He can't get in to her room, and he knows he'll be watched. So, like, that's his way of trying to, like, create a secret meeting. hmm So. Maybe, I mean, I feel like it had to have been him. I just never thought about it or know that it's really that It important. never was confirmed, but someone did it. Yeah. And- so, she's going on, like, lots of, like, these little side ventures. Yeah. Through one of them, through one of the clues, she finds, she goes to the same place where she'd actually been corresponding the letters with Jax unknowingly. Um, and it's like a post office kind of place, but there's wanted posters everywhere. And there's like a lot of, a lot of piracy and like thieving and stuff that appears to be going on in this little island that they're on in general. But she finds a poster of her mother, whose name she knew as Paloma. Um, but the num- but the wanted poster is for Paradise the Lost. And one of the letters that Jax had sent to her said essentially, one of the reasons you were never able to find your mom or where she went is because she, her name's not Paloma. <laughs> and so, so she, but she doesn't know what the name is. So when she sees this wanted poster for her mother going by Paradise the Lost, she kind of finds out that her mom was a renowned thief and now she's turned into like a local legend of um a crime like a criminal she was a very popular criminal everyone loved her everyone loved it she was like a rock star (laughs) gorgeous she was getting princes from other countries that were like marry me thief and pirate like you're so beautiful like i'm in love with you and she's just like no (laughs) has anyone watched suicide the suicide squad movie Yes, mm-hmm. I watched it last night, um, and it reminded me of Harley Quinn's, like, short uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want you to marry me. Me? Yeah, me? Like, fuck it, you're so fucking hot. I was like, God, I love Harley Quinn so much. Anyway. She's awesome, but yes, I did see it. <laughs> um, yes. You girls know, the last movie that we saw in theaters together was the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. I know. Oh, yeah. Aww. One day. <laughs> anyway, we love Harley Quinn. But it reminded me of that. Like, she's like this big criminal, but people love her, and she's like super famous, and whatever. So, <laughs> and then she just disappeared. So one day, Paradise the Lost just disappeared, and no one knows where she went. Um, and we know that she went and married Marcella Stragna, um, and then became... Paloma and Scarlet and Tella's mom. Yeah. And then disappeared again. Now we don't know where she went. <laughs> yeah. But then we do run into um, Aiko. Yes. Oh. Who yeah. I don't know that I like. <laughs> I like her, but she's definitely one of those, like, I think it was, it was when I agreed with when Tella said, like, 
she's one of those like you got to be careful with her because she often takes more than she gives mm-hmm. and like for scarlet we know like i mean in theory scarlet had messed up like she couldn't couldn't bring herself to be honest when she answered for those dresses had she been able to be honest like you know tella had them with all the dresses she got it would have been such a big deal but like for tella like she had to like give up a memory or whatever um I thought she got a lot of information, but also she wasn't, like, bullshitting. She was just like, "Uh uh-uh, you're not done giving me the answers. And she kind of was like, ugh, you know what I mean? So I feel like there's a difference in Scarlet and Tella. Tella's, like, impulsive and, like, straightforward enough that she's just going to, like, I'm not going to take this bullshit, you know, where Scarlet's like, oh, no. I guess this is all I can get, (laughs) you know? At least at that point, you know. That's great. I think Aiko does give her some good information, though. Like, yes, it sucked that she was losing that memory that she already kind of forgot that she had. But at the same time, she ends up getting the information that her mom was in the middle of telling her. So it, it works out in the end. It's not like the end-all be-all. But we do learn that Paradise left Valenda 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, which is how old Scarlet is. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. Um, and then, you know, that she had basically stolen a cursed object Yes, that was like basically something that she didn't, I think she undervalued what it was that she was stealing, like how, how important or how like rare of a thing that it was. And right. then she left, that's kind of why she fled. Um, and so that's what we kind of get that backstory that like she left because she needed to, you know, keep this from getting into other people's hands essentially, which we do learn was the cards of destiny, which is what Tella was playing with as a child. So, exactly. Sorry, I'm going back to to the notes to see if I would miss anything before I move forward here. For sure. But I, I felt like that was a pretty good fill in of information for um, Tella in that situation. So it's like, you know, did she take much that time? It was better than the dream from last time which was all lies <laughs> yeah exactly you know like and got screwed a lot <laughs> she was supposed to take two days of her life for bullshit for like misinformation and misdirection yeah, yeah. yeah. um so yeah so basically i go i guess as more more helpful in this book to tella than she is to scarlet um but, you know, whatever. So then Tella realizes that her mom's wanted poster is actually the next clue. Because um, I think the one before it said the next clue is just for you or something in her, her like, little clue thing that she'd gotten. Um, and it just says her, um, her heart must be what leads her to the next clue, essentially. So there we go. Oh, we didn't address this. Ever since Tella kissed Jacks. She randomly starts bleeding. Oh, yeah. Like, every morning, her heartbeat feels slower um, than it did the day before. It's just not beating very fast. She feels sluggish and tired all the time. And she just starts randomly bleeding from places, uh, which is really gross. So, she, <laughs> like, when she was in the dress shop with Dante, she started randomly bleeding from her fingers, like, her fingernails or something. And she tried to lie and say that she smashed her hand in a carriage door, and he was not having it. Um, and cause he knows who Jax is. <laughs> and, then, 
I think it was around this time too, or close to this with the second clue where she starts bleeding from her eyes. I think it's when she's with Iko and her ears. Yeah. Um, and I think it's when she's with Iko. She's like, Oh shit. You know, <laughs> like, this is not part of the Caravelle game. Um, and so she's just like a mess. Um, that's basically it. So she gets a second clue. Her time is running out. Um, essentially. I also feel like with this game, a big difference between the other terrible game is that like she's playing different than the actual players. Like the actual players get like the original clue that she got, but then they're kind of being on a wild goose chase just for random stuff for fun. Whereas like Tella needs to find this. Like all the terrible players know like how that is actually real and that's important as you find. So like that's why Iko probably gave her actual information that's gonna do something. You know, to kind of help lead her along because like it's actually an important thing. Like yeah, it's just different. I feel like it's a different a more high stakes game, if you will. As a reminder, Tella died in the first book. <laughs> yeah. High stakes I think for the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing gets Tella's life. But everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so, shortly after this finding this clue she goes back to the palace to find scarlet because she wants to tell and i feel bad because whenever she wants to tell scarlet stuff scarlet's just gone all the time she's just missing a lot in this book um she's off to her own things and and that's really hard for tella who could use her input at times so she goes looking for scarlet essentially um she gets misinformation from a servant Mm. who is not her friend um and she goes out to like an abandoned castle essentially where she gets, right where she gets attacked by uh the undead queen and her handmaidens okay the the undead queen is a fate um and she's not a nice fate and for whatever reason, she wants to kill Tella. I don't even remember why she wants to kill Tella. She just, like, attacks her for something. I don't know. Oh, no, she wants the deck of destiny. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. She's, like, making it known, like, hey, I'm going to beat you up and cut you up and fuck up your face. Give me these decks. <laughs> like, I'm not messing around, you know? Right. She's like, you're the only one that give me the deck of destiny, so I'm going to kill you. What? <laughs> yeah, because the fates that are out... Even though they're out of the cards, they're still, like, weak. super weak and want all their power back, which they can get from destroying the deck of destiny. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, because they lost, like, half of their power when they got put in the deck. But even now, when they're, like, kind of coming out of the cards, they're still, I don't, I don't feel like they're up to even their half power. Because it's like they've been just, like, in traps. They're just, like, sleepy in a way, if that makes sense. So part of the Caravan mission that Tella's on, which she finds out later, is that she has to get the Deck of Destiny. That's how she's going to win the game, is by finding the Deck of Destiny. Mm -hmm. Legend wants to destroy the Deck of Destiny because that will destroy the fates, um, and then they won't be able to come back to life and threaten him and the world or whatever. But Jax wants Tella to get the Deck of Destiny so that he can free the fates, mm -hmm. and then also have all his powers back because Jax although he's out of the cards he like you said is at like half power at best he's not at full strength he doesn't have all of his abilities currently um so everyone wants the deck of destiny and Tella is the key to the game 
Um, so the maiden, not the maiden death, the undead queen attacks her and does almost kill her. <laughs> Luckily, Dante finds her, just like drowning, half drowning in like a puddle of mud. Um, and someone gives her magical blood. She can hear Dante and Julian talking. Um, she assesses that one of them is probably legend, but she doesn't know who. They give her magical blood. It heals her, thank goodness. And which she really needed because she was in really rough shape that morning just from kissing the Prince of Hearts and her blood loss and all that stuff and her wrist and stuff. And yeah, she'd broken her wrist and it was all messed up. Um, so heals her. She wakes up from this very confusing situation back in her room with Scarlet and Jax who are tending to her. Mm -hmm. um, and she and Scarlet kind of have some kind of heart to heart a little bit, but not really. Um, and then, yeah, then we're back to it. And then she has to go meet the Empress with Jax, which I thought this interaction was interesting. Because as Susie mentioned, the Empress gave away her child. We don't really get a lot of details on that. But she just gave away her child. It's not clear if her child is, was a boy or girl, or we don't know. So we know like literally nothing. Anyone could be the Empress's heir. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what's partly confusing. Well, it's also kind of like a rumor because when she's in the dress shop and it gets brought up and she's like, did she really lose an heir? And they're like, of course not. It's just fucking like lies, just rumors. You know what I mean? So like we find out from Ellen team that like she is like later like writes her letter that she did lose a child. You know what I mean? Or gave up a child. So like we do learn it's actually true, but like it's always just been kind of rumored. You know, one never actually knew with certainty. So, but I don't think Ellen Jean ever married. So I'm sure that's part of it. Like the scandal. I know, but like, was that part of it? I don't know. You know what I mean? We'll find out more in book three. Yes. So yeah, and and we and I still don't know. So <laughs> I still yeah, I'm excited to talk about that part in book three because it's feels like something they threw in at the end, and then it's like, oh wait, that they're going with that, but we'll deal yeah. with that later. But anyway, <laughs> things we don't know, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so no one knows. So that's why like Jax is like, I'm the heir, you know? And I thought it was interesting, like Elantine is like really spry and funny and having a great time. Um, and she's really not at all what Tella expected. And she's like doting on Jax and Jax is acting so caring and kind towards her. And it's just a very odd situation because Tella is like one, who is this guy that's being nice? And two, why are you excited that he's here and not like terrified that he's here? You know? Mm -hmm. And then it's not until she asks Jax to go get her some water uh, that she drops her kind of facade and Elantine is like, what are you doing with this boy that wants to kill me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you, what's your plan here? What, what's your end game? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, I don't know. I just... I just, I don't know. I liked Elantine, although we didn't really meet her and nothing really comes from that, essentially. Well, I mean, I liked, I liked their candid talk a lot because I think, I feel like, does Elantine bring up the lost heir here? I don't remember. I feel like she does. In the letter that she writes to her. Oh, okay. She also mentions, like, because I think she had discovered that um, Atella was looking for her lost mother. Yeah, and who her mother was. Yeah, she was like, remember, she was really wonderful. If there's anything I can do to help you find her, let me know. Like, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's sweet. I forgot the, the important part. The, the important part is what I completely forgot of this, uh, which is that they have the troupe of actors because they canceled that night of Caravel uh, for Elentine. And so there's, there's no Caravel that night. So instead, Armando and Joven come out dressed as fates and put on a little play for Elentine, Jax, and um, Tella. And they basically depict Jack's character, so Jack's who's sitting there, they depict him trapping humans in the deck of destiny. And then they find out that that's where she learns that to like get people out, she has to write their names and blood on the card um, to get people in and out of the cards, essentially. Um, so the play but to take someone out, someone else has to go in. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And so that's why she learns that. And, and she's looking at Jack. She's like, this is what you used to do for kicks. Like, you know what I mean? You trapped people in cars. Because he's evil. And he's like, if you're looking for me to be like a nice guy, yeah. not, it's not me. <laughs> and I respect his honesty. Exactly. Yeah. So he's I a killer. I put people in cars. <laughs> and Elentine does notice her ring Teller has a ring from her mother that she always wears. Like, Scarlet has the earrings that she always wears that her father gave to her mom. That's why they're so important for her. to her is because they remind her that at one point her dad was a good person uh, before her mother left. And that was, like, in book one where Julian goes to, like, someone steals her earrings and Julian, like, goes and beats them up and gets the earrings back for her. It's, like, a big thing. Um... And so, but for Tella, she has like this opal kind of ring that her mom used to have that she wears, um, that her mom like left for her or something. And Elentine sees the ring and she's like, that looks like a key to the temple of stars, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Um, and she's like, they use these rings as keys to vaults in their temple. That's what that looks like. And so that's kind of like a, clue you know <laughs> totally forgot about that yeah yeah and, and she so, said like that's a cursed ring so you should be careful with that like did she give that to you and she's like well it was one of the like things that was left behind when my mom left and she was like yeah you should probably not wear that it's not you know it's not what you think it is because it's like that's fucked up if your mom gave it to you <laughs> kind of thing so it is it's fucked up yeah, it is. So she goes the next day to the Temple of the Stars, because this is like the first real clue, because she's supposed to, her clue is to follow her heart. All right, right? <laughs> that's not, that's not a script. So, so she goes to this temple, Dante goes with her, he like meets her outside and helps her like get dressed appropriately to go inside, and then they go in, and the guy who was not friendly at all, I would just say, Aaron. Yeah, he's like, hey, so this ring uh, signifies that your mother owes a debt. And it was not paid. And mm, now you owe this debt, and that's cool. You know? <laughs> and he's like, if you, you know, drop a drop of your blood or whatever, cut yourself with it and give a drop of blood, then you'll see what it was that was promised or the debt that's owed, you know? And so Tella does so. And this part made me mad. And so she does so, and she suddenly gets the, the vision of when her mom, much younger, 
was there and she made the trade. Her whole deal was to put the cursed deck of destiny in one of their vaults so that it would be safe. That's where she wanted to keep it safe or protected or whatever. Um, and, or. Well, also before that, she brought the deck of destiny there and they put a spell on it. Right. To make it safe and to continually like keep the fates trapped. That was the original deal, but then she wanted to store it there. Yeah. They wanted more from her. Yeah. And and she said that because she said the spell that they were working on, obviously Tella saw it and was able to play the cards. She was like, your spell didn't work. <laughs> your magic is crap. Uh, so, <laughs> so they're like, okay, fine. We're going to redo the deal. We'll keep your cursed cards here, but you have to give us your child. What? So she promises the Temple of Stars, her second born, which is Tella, um, and that's the deal she makes with the Temple of Stars to keep the Deck of Destiny in their vault. Well, and at first they say they want her first child, and she's like, no, I'll give you my second. And they're like, why do we want your second child? Like, whatever the significance of the first kid is, they want the, set, they, they want the first and the second. And she was like, it's destined that she's going to be really powerful, more powerful than the first kind of thing. And still, regardless of giving your kid up in general, it's messed up. It's extra hurtful to poor little Tella because she is number two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and I think it was kind of like she names her and she's like, yeah. I don't know. It was just <clears throat> obviously hurtful to Tella because it's like, okay, she's talking about me. She clearly doesn't care about me. But also me, the reader, is like, I don't know. She clearly, I mean, she clearly had a plan. Like she clearly saw something like she knew that this would, it kind of makes me think of spoiler alert for Endgame, um, Avengers Endgame, like when uh, Doctor Strange is like, there's literally only one way this can go. And like, you've got to do some weird shit to get there. Yeah. Uh, it made me think of that. Like, this is the only way it could win. We could win if we go this way, which obviously in that moment, Tella's not going to think that. But. No. And Tella runs out of the Temple of Stars. She just, she runs out. <laughs> In her defense, though, it's like, you got to give up your second born, and you're there, and you're like, oh, shit. Are they going <laughs> like, to kill me? You stay, and they take you, or do you flee, because you don't know what the next step is before they take you, and then figure out how to get in there, because you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In her defense, I can't, I would probably run, too, if I wasn't ready to just be like, Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to brand my face too. Shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, there aren't a lot of good options. I just was mad that she didn't like let the rest of the memory play. Yes. We don't know what else was said as the deal, if anything, or if her mom had any kind of plan or anything else she could suss out. Tella feels so betrayed, obviously, um, especially considering she's the one that's been doing all of this for her mom all this all this stuff with jacks all this mess that she's in with jacks in general is because she was trying to find her mom this whole time scarlet does not give two shits about where their mother is um because that woman left them with their abusive father and took off scarlet does not care if she's in trouble <laughs> and yet tell is doing everything she can to try and save her mom um, oh, also, we should probably cover, at some point, Jax gave her her mother, um, 
and then that will sound confusing unless you've read this book, but her mom is trapped in a card. Um, and so, yeah, so her mom, that's where she's been for seven years, whatever. She's been trapped in a card. And now Tella has that card, and it just shows her mom trapped. <laughs> and we know that she was able to bend the card on accident. So the card is not indestructible like the other cards. Right. In addition to the or Oracle card, keeps showing her mom dead. <laughs> so now I know where her mom is, and it keeps showing her dying. So it's like, oh, that's not great. Yikes. Also, at least we know that she got trapped in a card somehow. We don't know how yet, but, like, she's not just, like, living on another island, letting her kids be abused. Like, she's literally in a card in prison. <laughs> yeah. Magical trap. So it's like kind of makes that a little better. Yeah. She didn't just go find a new man somewhere else and start over. Start yeah. over. Yeah. So you're right. So that that is some key information. So now Tell is questioning everything. She's so mad because she's heavily suspecting at this point that Dante is legend. So in order to free her mom and save her mom, she has to betray Dante, who she has caught feelings for, right? <laughs> All of the way. But she doesn't know if he has feelings for her. She doesn't know if this is part of the game. He, like, is he only using her to get the deck of destiny because he's secretly legend and he really doesn't care about Tella at all? She doesn't know any of those things. Um, and then there's Jax, who's also quite flirtatious and somehow she's his true love. And he also just wants the deck of destiny because he wants to free the fates so that he gets all of his powers back. And that's why he wants legend too, you know? <laughs> so she has to like betray legend to get her mom or tell her mom to stay in a card and then not betray legend who only might want her for cards. So she doesn't, have a lot of choices that are good. Well, but also <laughs> helping Jax means letting all the fates out and therefore dooming the world as well. Correct. For her mom. And knowing <laughs> that her mom did this on purpose to stop that thing from happening, it's kind of like, I mean, I get why it's, it's a hard choice for her, but it's also kind of like, I mean. I did like laugh a little when Jax was like, Unless you're going to take your mom's place, like, and she dies, like, that's cold. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Yeah. That is, I mean, he definitely has the motive. He's, he's manipulating to make sure he gets what he wants. But also, yeah. it isn't wrong to let your mom die to say that it's not cold as well. <laughs> you know, that's lesser yeah. to evil. Wow. He's like, yeah, tell even I think that's cold. <laughs> I know, it's like, woo. Oh, and he's like, she promised me that the Star Temple, I hate her now. Natal <laughs> <laughs> is having a hard time. Uh, yeah, I feel bad for her. Uh, so then she, like, basically, she doesn't know what to do about the Star Temple situation. Obviously, she doesn't want to go in and give herself to the Star people to get the Deck of Destiny. Um, Dante's like, don't worry, I got this. He said, <laughs> he said like, with every deal there's a loophole or something so he said i'm gonna figure out the loophole mm -hmm. so, like, don't do anything rash like meet me after the fireworks tomorrow and i'll have it figured out which i mean if there's someone that's gonna figure out this loophole like he's the guy right oh. he has stuff has been around a lot longer than she has even though she doesn't know who he is it's still like 
he's suspecting it heavily at this point. It's definitely better than her just being like, okay, take me. You know what I mean? So it's a better alternative. Um, so we don't figure out what the loophole is at the end of this book. I think we do in the second, the third book, actually. We do. Yeah, mm -hmm. kind of what he did, yes. what he sacrificed or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's basically it. So she goes and watches the fireworks with Elantine, who is now very sickly. She's not doing the best anymore. And she tells her that legend had basically been brewing her special like tonics to make her healthy and youthful um, for her birthday because she's her health has been failing and they've been trying to keep it quiet from the empire, etc. Mm -hmm. um, so they've kind of a nice moment. She had sent her the letter about, you know, your story reminded me of Paradise the Lost. I don't know if that's your mom. Uh, but she was a really special person, blah, blah, blah. So they have, like, a very nice moment together. Um, and then her ring changes colors, uh, which lets her know that the, the debt has been paid. So she knows that Dante has done something mm -hmm. to pay the debt. And she can now basically go in and get the cards. But she has luckless coin in her pocket, which if she touches the luckless coin, it will summon Jack's. Uh, and then she can give him the cards and legend. <laughs> she knows that after she wins Caraval, which is when she'll grab the cards, the first face that she will see will be legends, etc. Um, so she goes, she gets the cards, she wins the game. Huzzah. Uh, she leaves the temple and she walks out and she hears Dante. And she closes her eyes. Because she doesn't want Dante to be legend. Yep. And he's like, open your eyes. It's me, legend. Slash Dante. The whole time. <laughs> Yay, aren't you so happy? It's me, the legend. I've been trying to find out this whole time. I've told yeah. you. <laughs> and she's very torn up because, you know, she's like, I've already called Jax. He's going to be here any moment. I touched the luckless coin mm -hmm. and, and she's already confessed. I should tell this. She's already confessed her entire situation to Dante Celeste legend. After she ran out of the temple of stars, she told him everything. She told him that she had promised to betray legend to Jax. So he knows like the whole plan um, until his predicament. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> and so she has the cards Um and he's like, what are you going to do? And she's like, I, I don't have a choice. Like, I don't have a good choice, you know? And so that's when she decides to cut her hand and write her name on her mother's card. And she trades places with her mom. Then poor Dante <sighs> can't, like, burn the card, like, planned because he's just like, shit, I can't. <laughs> Or die. So now he frees the face, which is what he's been trying to avoid this entire time. Like his nightmare is like the situation. Like I gotta free this little face so I don't kill her. But damn it, this is gonna be a big old problem. <laughs> but he did it. So yeah. So after Tella traps herself in a card, like Alicia said, Dante can't live with it. Legend can't live with it. He can't sacrifice Tella to kill the fates. So instead, he frees all the fates, including Tella from the card, and then takes off. 
and Jax is just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, thanks. He's no longer concerned about needing legends. He's just like, all right. I just yeah. really wanted these guys freed and my power's back, so. Wash, He's still in half power, but, you know, getting the cards aren't going to change that now. He didn't see Dante, so he doesn't officially know who Legend is, but he got what he wanted in the end, so he's kind of like, all right. I guess this is the part that made me out of this book. So Tella is so happy. Like, when Tella comes back from being a card, but she was only a card for a moment. But she's so weak from being two-dimensional, right? <laughs> from being in a card, she's so weak that she can't even move. She can barely walk. She can barely sit up. And, you know, Dante's holding her, slash legend, and she's like, you saved me, you know? Like, you care about me. And he's like, I couldn't sacrifice you. I couldn't let you die, you know, or whatever. And she's like, you are my hero. And then he, like, freaks out out and he's like i'm not the hero of this story you'll you'll learn this soon and then he just walks away he just leaves her there on the stairs Mm -hmm. you can't even chase after him because she was trapped in a card (laughs) oh yeah and he just leaves cold as ice she's like you're my hero thank you and he's like get out of here she also like kissed him which he like kind of kissed back it's definitely like one of those situations where it's like I I was frustrated but then I was also trying to put myself in his perspective like his hand was forced to not destroy the cards which would have killed her mom yes which is not good but like his ultimate goal was to kill all the fates kind of thing so like shitty situation but like his hand was forced and then um addition to that She's also called Jack, so he needs to get the hell out of there because Jack is coming. That's not why. No. You know? He's also angry, though. I think he's probably, like, low-key a little, like, upset, maybe? I don't know. But we I also know. know there's a third reason, too, that he had to go. Yeah. We know more in book three. But at the end of book two, this is the end. He yeah. just leaves her on the steps. <laughs> this entire romantic relationship, her and Dante Celeste Legend, the whole book, and then he just drops her, and which is exactly what Julian has said from the beginning, which is that legend will play with people. He's like, he will make you feel like the most important person in the world. Mm-hmm. And then Caraval's over, and then it's over. Yep. It's hurtful. It's definitely hurtful. It's very hurtful for Tella. <laughs> but we also know what happens at the end. So Jack, thankfully, still shows up, finds out what happens. Thankfully picks her, like, weak-ass body up and, like, <laughs> takes her back to safety <laughs> where she sees Julian and is able to be like, we did it. Yep, he's still safe. Like, your brother's fine kind of thing, you know? <laughs> but then all of a sudden, like, was it the next day? Because, like, Paloma's body gets, like, she's, like, in a coma. Mm-hmm. It's delivered. But then we find out that Elentine dies. And the, oh, he, she was like, why are you here? And he said that the true heir was there now. And we find out the true heir who had to go be with her while she was dying is none other than Dante walking out there on the ledge. Slash legend. Slash legend. 
And he did write her a letter at the very end of it that said um, something to the effect of like, um, I want to see you again, or I don't want to like leave things unfinished or something to that degree, like write me a time or play or something like, look, I want to get together back with you again to like discuss this further. So there's like that kind of like conversation he wants to have and to she, explain everything that happened or whatever. More importantly, she has to collect her wish. She does have to collect her wish. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Guess that's how it ends. Definitely a cliffhanger. You're like, oh crap, I got to read the next one now. I need to know more. Yeah. Leave you. It's good, but yeah, it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> it definitely more of a cliffhanger than the first book. As you had put the book down like two years ago, Ashley. <laughs> I know. Well, the, the first book's so self-contained. Like, you don't is. even need the others. Yeah, you get, like, that little epilogue or that little message about, like, this other person, but you don't know more than that. You know what I mean? But this definitely, yeah. you're like, okay, I need, I need book three to, to give me the answers that I need. Yeah. Also, like, now all these states are out, and we know for a while they're, like, super sleepy and dormant because they're, like, without power, but, like, what are we going to do when they wake up? <laughs> Wherever they're hiding, like, this isn't great. <laughs> yeah. This is bad. It's me every morning. Ah. I'm a fate. You're a fate? Very sleepy. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not at full strength until about three in the afternoon. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you are very tired at 10 a.m. Exhausted. Leave me alone. <laughs> Don't expect much from me. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, so I really liked it. And, and, you're, and you're right, Susie. Like, the first book was almost a standalone. Like, it's not a standalone because it's part of a trilogy, technically. But if it were a standalone, it could have easily just been one book and it was fine. Yep. But book two was not that way. I put it down and I picked up book three immediately. Like, <laughs> yeah. I needed to know. Like, there's so much unfinished. Her mom. I guess they have her, but she's, like, in a coma. We don't know anything going on with her mom. Mm -hmm. um, the whole love triangle thing is on quite ongoing. Um, and also, I'm mad at Legend. <laughs> yeah. We're just leaving her. Like, maybe the love triangle's not ongoing, because Legend's just done with her, and it was all an act. Well, and then Jack, when he's carrying her over, like, he's really actually quite sweet to her. Like, when he picks her up, he's very, like, gentle and, like, I mean, he obviously knows some stuff went down. You know what I mean? So he's being actually really kind to her, probably the most he's been this entire time, which is which is nice because like she's in a very vulnerable and emotional state and literally physically like broken. But she even says like, "Are you falling in love with me?" And he was like, "No, <laughs> I can't love you." And she was just like, "Okay." <laughs> so <laughs> the end is just like heartbreak for. For uh, tell at the end for like two levels. It's just like okay, well, I mean she didn't really want Jack with that moment. Like, she was kind of waxing waning anyway. But it's like at least he was honest. Like I can't, I can't love. <laughs> I'm immortal. Yeah, and you know this is where Scarlett and Julian are kind of on the rocks again. So it's like the one relationship that we thought was solid from book one is now not solid in book two. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had to pick up book three immediately, and then I had to read it. And I was yeah. so frustrated because I had, like, I was like, this, this far. You guys can't see me if you're just listening. <laughs> but I was, like, less than a fourth of a book left. 
and I just could not find time to read it. And it was very frustrating for me. <laughs> I would like be like, okay, I'll do three tasks and then I'll read a chapter. And then I would do that and I would read like three chapters and I was like, okay. <laughs> and then this morning I woke up and I took the dogs out and I was so, so tired. And I just wanted to go back to bed. But I was like, no, I want to read this book more. I need to know what happens. <laughs> and I just grabbed the book and just sat my ass on the couch and just read it. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, I need this book more than I need sleep. I need to know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm so excited for book three, which is called Finale. Yeah. Um, these questions will be answered. Mm -hmm. uh, the love triangle, the family stuff. Scarlet, does Tella just tell both boys to fuck off and walk into the fucking sunshine? We will see what happens with Scarlet. She's going to be talking to her ex-fiance now, too. Like, what's going to happen with her? She's now going to be talking to two men. He's probably very confused. <laughs> I'm sure he is. He's been, like, left out about all of this. Yeah. Uh, he's got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> He really does. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> so yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. And, and book three is good because we do get Tella and Scarlet's point of view throughout the book. Yeah. I feel like the first book was obviously very Scarlet, like little bits of Tella, but more Scarlet. And this one's definitely more Tella. Mm -hmm. And then some Scarlet, but Scarlet's definitely more absent. So yeah, the next book is definitely a little bit more of the two of them. So, so. Yeah. Yeah, I liked having both of them there. They balance each other out well. They do, yeah, I agree, so. I got to yell at both of them thoroughly in my mind. <laughs> As you should, yeah. So yeah, well, thank you guys for doing this. What would we rate this book? Uh, I'd probably I'll give, like, go ahead, Susan. Susan. I was gonna say, I think a four. Yeah, I was gonna say four as well. I'm going five for this one. Really? Ooh. Yeah, and I'm going, spoiler alert, I'm going five for book three as well. I think I gave book one a four. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I give these two each fives. So I think it's funny, as you guys were like, the first one's my favorite. And I was like, I really like the first one, but it just felt like standalone. And then these two, I was like, so much drama, fives. Fives, <laughs> fives for everyone. Fives for everyone. <laughs> two kind of evil love interests, I'm in. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. Tell me more. <laughs> Morally gray characters, anti-heroes. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, well, thank you guys for joining us, and please join us uh, for the next one where we go through finale, and you get to hear all of the things we can't say right now. <laughs> Bye.